listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. And when we set off to begin this message, when we set off to begin this series, I always knew it was an important subject. I always knew it was a massive subject that we needed to cover in each and every one of our lives, but maybe didn't realize how big it is and how massive it is as a result of seeing all the feedback, just the words, the response to last week. So we know we're, we're in prime ground right now. We know that we are hitting the spot, and we pray today that we will hit your spot, your area, your place right now, because we've got to get this right, because if we don't get it right, we're not right. Let me say that one more time. If we don't get this right, the forgiveness deal, then we're not going to be right, because God's not going to forgive us. And you need to know that today. So each week, what we've been doing is we've been looking and saying, how can we answer a specific question. What are the questions that we have on forgiveness? Last week we asked the question and answered the question, do I have the right to be offended? Anyone remember that? Do I have the right to be offended? We know that Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 1, offense is going to come. It's going to be all around you. But what we discovered last week is this, the right, no, opportunity, yes. We don't have the right to be offended, but there will be opportunities each and every day for us to be offended. So what have we got to do? We've got to be careful because we can take that right of offense because offense is never given. It's only received. We can take the receiving of that which is the right we don't biblically have and therefore take control of our future. Or we can give the right over to God, which means that it allows Him to turn around all circumstances and situations, even the things that Satan has meant for your demise and to destroy you. When we give God the right of our lives and the future of our lives, God will turn around those things always to the benefit of you. I just want you to know that today. I just felt that when I was, when I was preparing the message. All this that we see around us is not for him. He died not for him. He rose again, not for him. He's preparing a place in heaven, not for him. All of this that he has done past tense, is doing right now and prepared for the future is for you. It's for me. It's for our benefit. It's for our life. It's for our future. It's for our health. And it's for our blessing. So here's the question for today. Are you ready? It's a big one. It's a big one. How can I forgive? How can, but pastor, how can I forgive? If you knew what they had done to me, if you only know the wounds, how deep they are, pastor, if you would just know my story, come on, let me just sit down with you just for a couple of seconds and let me share, because if you would hear my story and just hear it from me, 
you would know, pastor, that there is no way as a result of the pain that they have inflicted and what they have done upon me that I can forgive them. What I just said right there is many of your thoughts. I've just put words to many of your thoughts because they've wronged you. The pain is deep. The resentment and the revenge is what you're waking up in each and every day. So, Pastor, how can I move beyond that? How can I break free from that? How can I ride on top? How can I even contemplate, never mind do, the thought of forgiveness in my life? It's massive, isn't it? Come on, I said it's massive. Because initially, the thought is, circle the wagons. No way, I want them to hurt like they've hurt me. I want them to feel the pain like they have. Initially, it's hard when you've been wronged. Remember last week, we just said, can we all jump to the conclusion and admit the fact that we've been wronged? Anyone with me? Has anyone ever been wronged? Can we just agree that we've been wronged? The words are not right. The actions are not right. But yet we need to forgive. But here's the thought again. Hold on a second. I need to forgive. They need to be the ones forgiven me. They're the ones that did it. I'm the innocent one. They're the one that needs to ask for forgiveness. I believe that's a big lie of the enemy and a big trap that will ensnare you because what you're saying is this, my life is controlled upon whether they will be willing to forgive me or not. You're placing your life in the control of someone else, out of the control of God. I'm telling you, forgiveness is a choice of action that you and I must take and make in our lives. And I want to look at that today. How can we do that? I'm telling you, we can do that with the help of God. Come on, say, help me, God. Because He's the one that wants to help us. He's not the one that can do it for us. Don't get me wrong. He can help us. He's made a way for it to be possible for us to forgive, but He can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. But here's what you've got to understand about forgiveness. Can we just start at the bottom? Can we just lay out the foundation again today? Forgiveness is one-sided. Forgiveness is one-sided. What do I mean by that? Forgiveness is not dependent upon their response, thank God. Because what if they say, I don't forgive you, then what? Oh no, I've got to live with that for the rest of my... I'm telling you right now, forgiveness is one-sided. A lot of people are willing to forgive when they know the other person's going to meet them in the middle. Who's going to go first? I will if you will. You ready? One, two, three. We, we, we want, it's easier when we know that they're going to, but I want to tell you something right now. True forgiveness is one-sided because it's not really a you and them issue. What it is, is a you and him, speaking of God issue. Because when you've got unforgiveness in your heart, it's not really a problem that's going around out there. It's a problem inside of you that will be a separating factor between you and God. Yes, they did you wrong. Yes, they treated you wrong. What must you do? You must forgive them and ask for forgiveness in your heart. Why? Because if you're harboring anything else but that, it will affect your relationship with God. Forgiveness is on your side. The ball's in your court. What are you going to do with it? Oh, but they served it to me. Yes, they did, but it's now in your court. What are you going to do with it. 
I'm going to say some things I already have. I'm going to say some things that are going to be pretty strong today. This is probably not going to be your amen preach it brother message today. And I'm prepared with that. I'm just going to amen myself today. And just if you see me do this a few times today, I'm just encouraging myself. Why is that? Because we're going to say some things today that are going to be painful to hear. But I realize this, that sometimes you need to be pained or hurt by the truth so you can have a healing of life. No one likes to go under the knife of a surgeon. No one likes the recovery period. No one wants to go through that. But hey, what's the alternative? You can live with cancer in your body. And guess what? You're going to die with cancer in your body. But if you go under that knife and they can remove that tumor, that cyst, that lump, they can take that out. Yes, there's an initial pain. But guess what? The promise is there's a life of healing. There's a life of blessing. We're on the surgery table today. Things need to be removed and taken from our lives, as painful as it is. But the wounds will heal when God's involved in it. Those wounds will heal. And the scars will be a reminder of what God has done in our lives. What? Not keeping us in the past, but propelling us into our future, saying, God, if you did it before, you can do it again. God, if you did it then, you can do it again. Again, look at this statement. Are you ready? Hold on. Here it is. If you don't forgive, if you don't give forgiveness, you don't get forgiveness. If you don't give, you don't get. I'm going to say it one more time. If you don't give, Pastor, can we just change the message? I was was really with you, but now you're kind of... If you don't give forgiveness, you... Don't get forgiveness. And here's biblical proof of that. Are you ready? Mark 11, 24 and 25. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus saying, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Man, they're having revival. They're like, praise God. So I can pray for anything, and if I believe, wow, they're, they're loving this. It's, it's exciting times. Wow, tell us more, Jesus. We're, we're loving this. Tell us more. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Notice, first what? Forgive. First, forgive. Oh, but they offended me. Uh, forgive. It's not your right. It's your choice. First, forgive. Very important. First, Forgive. Why? So that there's something that's following your response. Your response is deeming what comes next. You've got to see this. You've got to first forgive so that what? So that God. You can stop God in your life through unforgiveness. First forgive that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. In other words, He will always do it. If you will first forgive. It's amazing. You live in translation, NIV. A lot of versions, they don't have the next verse. They go from verse 25 to 27. Look in your Bibles. It's right there. Even in your you versions, they skip the next verse. But the next verse is really important. So we're going to go to the, the NIV. We're going to go to the New King James Version. Here's verse 26. Are you ready? But if you do not forgive. Neither will your Father in heaven 
forgive you of your trespasses. Here's how we read a verse like that. Here's how we take in a verse like that. Oh, he doesn't really mean that. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's a loving God. He doesn't mean that. He's just kind of giving a scare tactic. He's just kind of trying to say some things just to shake us up a little bit. But when it comes down to it, oh man, he's he's not going to go that way. Because I know how he is. Why is it that we regard God in that way? I'm telling you why. Because of the authoritative figures that we've seen exampled out in our lives. What do I mean by that? They tell us this. Are you ready? They tell us that many people don't mean a fourth of what they say. A fourth of what people say they don't mean. Because here's what happened in our life with the authoritative figures, whether it's a parent, whether it's a teacher, someone in in a position of authority over us. What we've seen through our lives is this, an inconsistency in their words. They've said something, but they often haven't backed it up. Anyone remember as a parent, you said to your kids, you do that one more time, I'm going to whip your tail. What's the next thing that comes out of our mouth? shouldn't be nothing. Or it should be, told you, boom. Huh? But what do we say? I'm giving you one more. If you, if you do that one more time, I'm telling you, I'm going to whip. Son, did you hear me the first two, three, twelve times? I'm going to If I have to tell you. What do they know? If they keep pushing, if they keep prodding, everything that's been said to them, there's inconsistencies and many times a failure to follow through. Also, we've been disappointed because people have promised us stuff, but they've let us down. So now can we really trust them because they said they were going to, but they let us down. Maybe it's been false promises and hopes. Can you see the authoritative figures over our lives, how they have acted? And here's the problem. Are you ready? As we've grown up and witnessed that and lived that, we think this now that anything that a person of authority says is not really completely true. So there's confusion. What is it that we take seriously? What do we believe? How do we do that? But the problem is this. We have now projected that onto the words of God. We've now equated the fact because as parents, it's an awesome responsibility because a lot of the times the first thought or the first knowledge that our children have of God is our example because as an authoritative person, that's what they see and that's what they think God is like. So we've projected the wrong things that people have done, the inconsistencies, the disappointments, the false hopes, all these things. We've projected those to the authority of Christ. So when God says some things, we say, ah. He's going to give us another chance. He's not really going to do that. I want to tell you something right now. You ready? Jesus is different to all other authority. Jesus is different. Because when he speaks, we need to take him 100% seriously. We can't afford to view what he says the same way that we view other authorities in our lives. Because remember this. Are you ready? He is faithful even when you are faithless. He is still faithful even when you are faithless. He walks at a level of truth and integrity that far transcends our culture and the society that we see in us today. What do I mean by that? 
He means what He says. And He says what He means. If you want another backup for that, here it is. Are you ready? Numbers 23 verse 19, New Living Translation. God says, I'm not a man, so I don't have to lie. I'm not human, so I don't have to change my mind. Have I spoken and have I ever failed to act? Have I ever promised something that I haven't carried through? In other words, Jesus says it and He does it. He doesn't change. He doesn't have to change. Why? Because truth does not have to change. Mark 11 verse 26. If you do not forgive... You won't be forgiven. Red letter words. Jesus speaking. He means what he says, but he doesn't just say it. He's provided your way of escape. He's provided your healing. He doesn't just say something and cut you out. He says something because he's already given you the answer. You just got to turn to it. and You just got to trust him. He means what he says. There's no loopholes. There's no small print. Well, let me just kind of read between the lines. Read all you want. You're reading your own words. You're not reading the words of God. He says it again. Do you know, that's not just one verse. There's many verses in the Bible. I wish I had time to really go through them all, but there's many verses. But if it's just said once, it's important. Can I give it to you a second time? Look at this. From Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses... Oh, but pastor, you don't know. Hey, listen. It's your side. It's on your side. Yes, they've wronged you. Yes, they've done wrong. But now they're wrong. It's causing you to be wrong. Because if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your sins, your trespasses, your offenses. Remember the Lord's Prayer? And forgive us our debts as we forgive those that have trespassed against us. Forgive us as we have forgiven those. Oh, we say the Lord's Prayer over and over. We, we grew up. If you were Catholic, you probably grew up saying it over and over again. And we say words many times that have lost their emphasis and meaning. But you need to understand once again from the Word of God what it says. If you don't forgive, you're not being forgiven. Here's another question for you. Ready? Look at this. I wonder how many of you would want God to forgive you in the same way you have forgiven those who have offended you. I wonder who's up for that one. Oh God, yeah, I want you to forgive me just in the same way that I've forgiven other people. No one wants that, but I'm telling you right now, that's exactly the way in which you will be forgiven. Because you're going to be forgiven in the way that you have forgiven other people. The Bible speaks about the same measure. It's going to be measured back to you. If you want more, you've got to give more. Because unforgiveness is so rampant today, we don't want to take these words of Jesus seriously. But rampant or not, truth never changes. Truth doesn't have to change because if truth changed, it was never truth in the first place. The Bible, the Word of God, we discovered over the last series that we did talking about the Bible. The Bible is the truth. It's an authoritative truth that we can live. 
we can build our lives on, but yet too often we choose to build our lives on a lie. I put something on social media this week on Facebook, and I put this, anger is an acid that can do more to harm the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. It's doing more harm to you than you think you could ever imagine. Maybe some of you here are saying, you know what, I haven't really sensed God. I haven't felt God for a long time. I'm not really living in joy and I'm not living in freedom. I want to tell you this. It's very powerful that unforgiveness is one of the main reasons we're not growing spiritually. I didn't say it's the only reason, but it's one of the reasons that we're not growing spiritually. Because if we've got it, it's a blocking agent between us and God. We can never fully engage into everything that God has if that's in our lives. So how can I forgive? That's what we're asking, isn't it? How can I forgive? You've got to make that choice today. And choose to forgive, giving it to Him, because you can't just do it in your own strength. But He's not leaving you out in the cold and writing you off. You've got to first take it before God. And you've got to first ask God, are you ready to forgive you? Because what they have done to you, that was their sin. But you choosing to hold on to it now becomes your sin. And their sin forgiven is not going to forgive your sin that you've taken. You've got to ask for forgiveness for the sin of your life. So you've got to first go to God. That's why it's one-sided. You've got to get on your knees and you've got to repent and ask God. Because repentance is the only way to freedom. Can I give you an example of the prayer that we need to pray against those that have wronged us? Are you ready? Here's a great example, just very simple. Dear Jesus, I ask your forgiveness for holding unforgiveness against blank, whoever it may be. Lord, I know I can't forgive them in my own strength. I have already failed. But before you right now, God, I release blank. I release who is that? I release them from my heart and God, I forgive blank. I forgive them. God, I've got to have your forgiveness first. So I now can have your strength to forgive them. Let's, let's look at the story. I know we're kind of running out of time rapidly and we're just, I'm, I'm only halfway through. And so we've got to move fast. Are you ready? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. We've got it on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to look at that. Jesus is talking about the bondage here of unforgiveness and offense, but also showing the freedom that forgiveness gives to our lives. Jesus is actually talking to them about how to be reconciled, joined once again to someone who has offended you. Next week, we're going to be talking about what next. After our forgiven, what's post-forgiveness look like? It's going to be massive, massive. And remember, next week, it's just one service, 10 o'clock. We're going to have a family day. Come in your shorts and T-shirt. What time are we having, church? 10 o'clock. Come 9, you'll be early. Come 11, you're going to be late. So you need to be here at 10 o'clock. And I would get here early if I was you because you need a seat because we're going to be packed. And it's going to be a great, great day with a car show, food, snowballs, baptism. If you haven't been baptized, come on, where are you? You need to sign up next week, baptisms. But look what it says. Peter asked the question, verse 21, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter's thinking he's been generous because I believe, and I'll stand corrected, but I believe the law in Leviticus required that you forgive someone three times. So Peter's doubling that and rounding up. 
He's going big. He's like feeling really big and bad about himself because he's added one for holiness. I'm just going to be really holy with all of this. But he gets a shocking reply because Jesus blows away what Peter considers to be generous. Verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. You've got to understand this. Jesus is not given a mathematical formula. He's not saying 490 times and the 491st, you don't have to do that anymore. Really what Jesus is showing him is this, that our forgiveness needs to be without limits. It's a limitless forgiveness. Then Jesus goes on to tell a parable. A parable is an illustration. It's an earthly story that has heavenly implication. It's right where we are at in our lives. We can picture ourselves and must picture ourselves in the story because he's telling a story of each and every one of our lives that has great spiritual meaning. Verse 23, 24, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle account with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. Can you just agree with me? That's an imaginable sum. A talent back then, look at me, a talent back then was used as a term of measurement most of the time for precious materials such as gold and silver. If we were to take the talent and think of its equivalent in gold today. Here's what we would see from a talent. You can try and follow on. A talent is about 75 pounds. It's what an average man could carry. It's how they would go. A talent was about 75 pounds. Notice he had been forgiven 10,000 talents. So that's 750 hundred pounds. That's a whole lot. Three quarters of a million pounds. If you're going to spell that out in tons, that's 375 tons. I did some math, because that's a whole lot of gold right there. I did some math, and I figured it out, and I googled, what's the price right now per ounce of gold? Per ounce of gold right now is $1,250. Rounded up, it's $1,250 per ounce. There are 16 ounces in a pound. Everyone with me? If you're not, then just nod your head, because I'm telling you the truth. So that would mean this, a pound of gold today is worth $20,000. One pound is worth $20,000. One talent is equal to $1.5 million. 75 pounds in a talent, times it out. It's equal to 1.5 million. He didn't just get forgiven from one talent. He got forgiven from 10,000 talents. Do the math. The math of the price of the debt that he owed was over 15 billion, with a B. $15 billion in today's money. That's an unimaginable amount. And the reason why Jesus is given such an amount is to prove the power of forgiveness. To prove the power of forgiveness. Verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, duh. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children. Notice again, and I could preach a whole message on this. Notice who else was affected by his unforgiveness. His wife. And his children. 
everything would be taken, everything that he had, to make a payment. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, please have patience with me. I will pay you all. No, you won't. There's no way you can pay it all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. He released him and forgave him the debt. I want to give you four points that we're going to see from this passage of Scripture today. You ready? Point number one. When offense occurs, a debt is always owed. When offense takes place in your life, there is a debt that is always owed. What do we normally say when someone's hurt us? Someone's going to pay for this. Ever said that? Come on right now, help me out. They're going to pay. I'm going to make it. They're going to, oh man, they're going to pay for this. You know what forgiveness is? It's the cancellation of that debt. Because what you've got to realize, we've got to parallel this story to our lives because that's what Jesus wants. The king is God. He's the one that's over all of this. He's the one that's forgiven his servant. Who's that? That's you. That's me. We're the servants in this story. And he has forgiven us of a debt that is impossible for him to pay. When an offense comes, there's such a debt that we cannot Hey, Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your heart and flesh, He has made you alive together with Him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, against us. And He taken it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. Listen to me from the Message Bible. Listen to these words today. When you were stuck in your old, sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive. Right along with Christ. Think of it. All your sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. The old arrest warrant cancelled and Jesus nailed it to the cross. I want to show you something today. Can I show you something today? hope it's the right way up. That's just a small snapshot of your life. That's all the sins that you've committed in your life. I wonder how many lies that we've told. So I wonder what's under that that column. I wonder about the unforgiveness. I wonder about all the lust. I wonder about venting the wrong places, the bitterness, the envy, the anger, the drug. I mean, if you look at our lives, we can think, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. I haven't really done a whole lot of bad things. I'm telling you right now, if you were to itemize a picture of your life, I don't care how holy you are. In fact, self-righteousness would be one of the lists. It would be right up there because that's a sin in itself. Did you know that? But notice this, what Jesus did, there was an offense against us. What was that? The crime of sin in our lives. And there was a debt that was owed as the result of the sin of our lives. And I'm telling you, it's a debt greater than you and I could ever pay in our wildest dreams. 
And what does the Bible say? Jesus said that He nailed it to the cross. He wiped our slate clean. No matter what you've done, He doesn't just take it. He absolutely removes it. So when He looks at you now, He no longer sees the things that you have done. Oh, but God, I don't deserve it. You're right, you don't deserve it. But through salvation, your debt was paid in full. Here's the second point. You ready? Here's the second point of the story. The debt we are forgiven is unpayable. It's unpayable. There was no way. There's no way that I could ever repay God for what I owe Him. Even if I thought I was good, remember? The list is endless. We just ran out of space. We could have filled this whole room with words. The sins of our life. Our offense and our sin debt was overwhelming. But what did he choose to do? To take it. To wipe it away. To nail it to the cross. For us. Back to the story. You ready? Verse 28. But that servant. Who's that servant? That's you. That's me. Come on, we're the ones in the story today. He went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, You pay me now what you owe me. Listen, a denarius back in those days was a day's labor. So if minimum wage is what, 850 right now, eight hours, minimum wage is roughly $70 a day that someone's making. So in today's language, minimum wage, he owed him $7,000. A hundred denarii is $7,000. Verse 29 and 30. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you the debt. And he would not but went and threw into prison that he should pay the debt. Now, don't get me wrong. Seven grand is a big chunk of change. I I would want seven grand back if someone owed that to me. That's a lot of money. But, but, seven grand is nothing compared to 15 billion. Come on now. Seven grand. You see, the offense that we hold against others, if you can go to the next slide, that'd be great. The offenses that we hold against others are nothing compared to the offense that we held against God. Oh, there's something. We're not saying they're nothing. We're not saying the pain is nothing. We're not saying the words are nothing. The hurt's nothing. Oh, there's something. But they're nothing in comparison to what God has forgiven you from. Yes, you may have been treated bad by someone else. But that does not even come close to the transgressions and the sins that you and I possessed against God. You may even feel, well, no one has it as bad as I do. Someone had it worse. The spotless lamb who went and gave his life completely innocent, but laid down his life to pay the penalty of the sin debt that you and I owed. A debt we could not pay. What can wash 
away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Because He doesn't just take my sins. Come on, He makes me whole again. He makes me complete. It's like I've never even sinned in His eyes. Oh, there's some consequences I may have to live with in man's eyes. But in heaven, there's no purgatory in heaven. There's nothing in heaven like that. You're forgiven, you're accepted. He's preparing a place for you. He's not preparing the basement for you. He's preparing the same place for you. He's preparing for me and everyone else. Third point, are you with me? A person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten the great debt from what they were forgiven. If you can't forgive someone else, you've forgotten what God forgave you from. told you we are going to talk some tough stuff today. It needs to be said. Too many people are skirting around it saying everything's okay. I'm telling you, it's not okay. If there's unforgiveness in your heart. There is nothing worse than an eternity in a lake of fire. The Bible says there's going to be no relief. The fire will never be quenched. The pain and the anguish of being in that place is horrific. And that was your, that was my destination. That was my only hope until God chose to forgive me. Through the death of his son. Back to the story. You ready? So when his fellow servants saw what had happened, verse 31, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he called the servant back to him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you begged me. Should you not? Should you not? Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Why did you not have compassion? I'm telling you, the only way you can have compassion is you've got to first go to God and ask Him for forgiveness. Because when God's not in it, It's hard to have compassion against someone who has wronged you because you have revenge in your heart. You've got bitterness in your heart. Come on, you've got walls that are built up. You've got retaliation planned. But when you come before God and say, God, I'm sorry because I've sinned before you, God can give you a compassion in your heart that you didn't have, that you don't have, that you can give to other people. Verse 34, 35, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay what was due. So my heavenly father will also do to you, do to each of you from his heart who does not forgive his brothers, his trespassers. Last part of the story, you ready? Number four, here's the result of unforgiveness. Here's the result of unforgiveness. We see three things happen to that man. Point A, under the result of forgiveness. He was tortured. He was tortured. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. They're not dying. You are. 
You're torturing yourself. The dictionary definition of torture is this agony of body and mind. It's not just a physical thing. It's a mental and physical thing. Torture, the thought is this, the infliction of pain. We're not talking about pain of other, oh, I'm going to show them. You're the one that's been tortured. Oh, no, I'm proven to that. You know, the sad reality is this. Most people who have wronged you don't even know that they have. They're clueless, but not faultless. They don't even know what you're going through. Because they're not the ones being tortured. The torture has come upon yourself. You've inflicted that pain against you. So many people, I'm telling you right now, I'm not just talking about people. So many of you right now, here listening today, you are living a tortured life. You don't have peace. You don't have joy. Nothing seems like it's fallen in place. Why? It's because of your unwillingness to forgive. You know, medical doctors and scientists have proven that physical ailments in our body as a result of unforgiveness and bitterness have been able to manifest themselves. Diseases such as arthritis and cancer. Now, I'm not saying if you have those things that this is the cause. But it's been proven that bitterness and having those things in your life, and you've got you to uproot the roots of bitterness in your life, and you can only do that with the shovel of forgiveness. But it's been proven. You know what, too, as they've studied mental patients who have mental sicknesses, you know what they've concluded many times? That they are tired, that they are tied to their bitterness and unforgiveness that they've had, and now their minds are tormented and tortured, and they're out of their mind. You know what else we need to do? Because one of the greatest tortures we can also do for our life is this, in choosing not to forgive ourselves. It's massive. Whole other subject right there. Because we know that God's word says this, Matthew 5, 24, it says if, there's, if you have anything against anyone, first forgive them. That includes yourself. You're, you're anyone. You've got to forgive yourself. So many people are not living in the freedom of God and tortured, not because of what someone else has done to them, but what they've done to themselves. The only way to break free from that is the same way. You've got to come to God and repent and ask that that penalty of sin that you could not pay, that he would take and he would remove. And that's one of the hardest things to do when you're living every day with the disappointments, the frustration and the guilt of your life. But I'm telling you right now, in your mind, that's all you see. But through forgiveness, there's a whole new horizon. How can I ever be free? Forgive and step into that freedom. How? It's a God thing. It's not a man thing. It's a God thing. I've got to move on. Point number two. Here's what we see. Now you have to pay the debt. We now have to pay the debt. If we don't forgive someone, now he's thrown in prison and he has to now pay that debt. It's a debt that you can't pay. So what are you going to do? You're going to live the rest of your life with something that's required of you. That's impossible now for you to pay. Can I, can I just say something? Can I just come down on your level so I'm not talking down to you right now? In this story, that man lost his salvation. He lost his salvation through unforgiveness. A lot of people don't like that. That's not a popular message to preach. A lot of people believe once saved, always saved. I'm telling you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. 
Because the Bible speaks about daily you take up your cross and follow him. It's not a one-time decision. It's living in that decision and trusting God. But what do we see here is this man lost his salvation because now he has to pay the price of a sin debt all by himself. Look at this. If you get upset with me, then, hey, maybe the Word of God will help you again. Second Peter 2, 20, 21. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than they were before. It would have been better, the Bible says, if they had never known Christ, the way of righteousness, than to know Him and then to reject, reject the commandment they were given to live a holy life. Come on, that's talking there about people who have escaped sin through salvation but have now got entangled again in sin, one of which includes unforgiveness. I'm telling you, deception is a powerful thing because the one deceived believes in his heart he is all right. That's what deception does. The Bible speaks about that. Watch out, not what other people are deceiving you from. Watch the deception of yourself because you've convinced yourself, oh, everything's okay, it's their fault. Remember what we said? Their sin to your life becomes your sin when you accept the offense. Now, their forgiveness of sin will not forgive you. The only thing that will forgive you is that you ask God to forgive your life. Last point. I'm ready to close. This is what's going to happen if you refuse to forgive. This is what's going to happen. What? It's exactly what God says. You won't be forgiven if you don't forgive. It's amazing if you would read the Bible and the parables of Jesus. It's amazing most times when Jesus talks about parables, look for yourself. The disciples come to him and say, oh, master, how can we understand that? Help us understand. It's amazing with this parable, Jesus doesn't wait for them to ask understanding. Jesus gives it to them right away. Jesus says, hey, let me tell you something. He's not going to forgive you. You won't have forgiveness if you don't first ask for it. So how can I forgive? Here it is. Are you ready? How can I forgive, Pastor Philip? You can be reminded by what he forgave you from. Come on. How can I forgive? He forgave me. That's why I can forgive. Come on, there should be no other reason. The sin debt, 15 billion plus. Couldn't pay it. Not even close. So big and massive. He forget. Why should I forgive other people? Because he forgave me. And when you get to that place of accepting that, guess what? He doesn't leave you hanging. He will then give you the strength and the compassion and the ableness that you can then in turn Forgive other people. Oh, Pastor Philip, that's kind of harsh today. You've been harsh to us today. You've, you've kind of wrote us hard today. What's going on, Pastor Philip? No, I want you to hear this is a message of mercy and warning. Because this is a message of hope, not judgment. Because you've still got time. You've still got time. 
We've still, I don't know how much we've got, but we've got this moment right now. Why do we need another moment? We've got right now. Do it today. God's waiting for you. And you know how God's waiting for you? He's waiting for you with arms open wide. He's not, you, you don't have the back silent treatment. He's not, he's waiting with his arms open wide. Said, come on, receive the forgiveness. So now you can live in that forgiveness to other people. Don't follow your pride today. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Have a heart for him. So he can give you a heart to love them. Because if you don't, he cannot. If you don't forgive, he can not forgive you. Bow your heads all over this place right now. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.